Hello and welcome to Off Road, a road less traveled podcast featuring me, Pete Pomisano, and the question you're asking yourself now is, why Pete Pomisano? And that's the same question I had when I was first approached by Scott and Gina over at Road Less Traveled Productions. I said, really, don't you want someone a little younger and hipper than this? And they pretty much gave me the same answer that my doctor gives me, which is whenever I go to her with some kind of new ailment, and I say, don't, don't tell me it's because I'm getting old. So then she'll look at me and she'll go, well, as the years go by, just to avoid saying, you know, you're getting old and everything hurts and everything goes bad. Anyway, Scott and Gina looked at me and they said, well, we wanted someone who's been around, someone who has experience in the Buffalo theater community and someone who would know things from the past and be able to make connections. Actually, they didn't say any of that last part. I made that up because I do know things from the past that no one knows or cares about, frankly. Anyway, this will probably be the first of a series of podcasts. We're not sure yet how often they will appear or how many people I will be speaking to, and I'll be speaking to a lot of people from the Buffalo Theater community and from Western New York in general, uh, people who are well-known to Buffalonians or people who should be well-known for other reasons. Because this podcast is not simply an RLTP promotional vehicle. I mean, sure, we'd like people to listen. We'd like people to come to more shows at Road Less Traveled. Yeah, great. Let's get the word out. But we really wanted to also promote Buffalo Theater in general and Western New York in general. But for this first podcast, I wanted to start out with someone who I think everyone knows and everyone likes. And, uh, my God, he turned out to be a fascinating interview. I've known Brian Kavanaugh for many years. I've seen him at so many theaters in the area. He's worked at so many places for so many years. And, frankly, I thought he had been in theater all his life and that he was trained within an inch of his life in every aspect of technical theater. Well, you know what? It's, that's not true. You won't believe where it all started for Brian. And uh, I found the, the interview with him to be fascinating, and uh, I hope you will too. Here's Brian Kavanaugh for Road Less Traveled's Off-Road. I'm sitting here hopefully talking to uh, Brian Kavanaugh, who is a very familiar face, a very familiar guy. Everybody loves Brian Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, really. I mean, I've, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about you. I don't know why. Well, they're, they're out there. <laughs> they're out there. There are a few. There's well, maybe a, I haven't talked few. to the right there's people. Few, right? I haven't yeah. talked. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is where, where you came from. Uh, you've worked at so many places. You've got had so many. I've been around so long that I remember the days when the Arnie <laughs> nominations came out. <laughs> and they were all Brian Kavanaugh, Brian Kavanaugh, Brian Kavanaugh, Brian Kavanaugh. Yeah. And, then, and then after a while, it went to Brian Kavanaugh, Chris Kavanaugh, Brian yeah. Kavanaugh, Chris Kavanaugh. And still Michael Willian has more nominations than I do. Does he really? Yeah, they were, he's like, like 50 and I have 49 or something like oh that. Oh, my God. How many wins do you have? Ooh, for lighting, I think it's eight. Eight for life. And one for directing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's. Yeah, I go amazing. back to the first one at... Uh, at uh, 
the old Back at what the thing? old Garvey's. Yeah, was the first and uh, what's his name? Uh, won the first one. Um, Bruce oh, Moore. Uh, Bruce Moore won the first. Did he really? In his shorts and his uh, Hawaiian shirt, got up in a bar and said, "Far out," and went right back to the bar. <laughs> We've come a long way. Oh, Bruce Moore, boy, wonder where he is now. New York City. He's a stagehand in New York. Is I saw really? him about ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, so that's how long you've been around. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've been in Buffalo since 85. Yeah. Uh, 84. Excuse and where me. were you before that? Were you in the military before that? I was in the military for uh, almost 14 years. Uh, born in New York City, St. Vincent's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lived in the city and Staten Island and Brooklyn, back and forth and around. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty ragtag uh, upbringing and uh, said, I'm going to get out of the New York City. I'm going to get out of this... And I joined the U.S. Coast Guard. Well, I tried to get out of New York, so I joined when I was 17. Even forged my mom's name because I couldn't go in at that age without a signature. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, after she found out, she goes, okay, so um, I'm going to go see the world. And my first assignment was Governor's Island, New York City, oh. on a ocean-going tugboat. So uh, my first... Uh, and what did you do there? I uh, started off as just a, a deckman, a deck seaman, and then um, became a bosun's mate. And... Uh, that ship did uh, um, North Atlantic Sea Patrols and uh, law enforcement patrols. And so uh, my first night on board, it was the biggest storm they've ever had in, in the last couple <laughs> of years in, in the North Atlantic. And we were taking seas over the over the flying bridge. And Holy cow. I was like, I, I was out on, they put me out on lookout watch in this. And I was taking seas over me. And um, it was a great... Uh, Intro to the North Atlantic, and I didn't. I was no time to get sick that night. I, so. I was going to ask you, did, so. did you, had you spent a lot of time on boats before that? Because as a kid, I, I worked been up, sick to death. As a, as a kid, I worked. I, I won't get into the details, but when I was like fourteen, I was working for a shipyard in Staten Island called Reynolds Shipyard, yeah. and uh, I was working a small boat there as a as a deckhand. And I worked on the a big tugboat called the ABC, and then I uh, worked for the Sandy Hook Pilots out of St. George, Staten Island, for. Uh, about a year, just so your choice stuff. to to join the Coast Guard was because you had a maritime background and you you you'd been out on well, boats. I've been on a boat. I went on a sailboat once. I threw up. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think the biggest push to the Coast Guard was my brother-in-law who was already in the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. and I actually I was completely convinced to join the Marines. I was going to join the Marines and. Vietnam was still going on. That's how old I am. And he just stayed on me and stayed on me and stayed on me and said, you got to come over and it kind of convinced me that was the place to be. So, mm-hmm. And I kind of loved my career in the Coast Guard until Mr. Bush and Mr. Reagan took over and kind of changed all of the retirements and the money you get afterwards and everything. So I decided to use my Vietnam benefits to go to school. Okay. So what other jobs did you have on the ship? Because I don't even understand what your bosuns and all those things Well, when are, you first but... come out of boot camp, you're coming out as a seaman apprentice. So mm-hmm. you're, you, know, you get a little bit of everything. Look out, watch, uh, mess cook, cleaning up, everything. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had uh, decided in boot camp that I wanted to be a bosun's mate, which was uh, kind of that old tradition of the jack-of-all-trade, master of none. Okay. Uh, you know, when you see the Navy ships and stuff, they always have a, uh, a ship's... Uh, chief of the ship, chief bosun's mate, who, you know, is kind of in charge of most everything. It's the highest non-officer ranking mm-hmm. of the bosun's mate. And uh, I knew they were the coxswains, the guys that ran the boat, who drove the boat, you know, and uh, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. You so, wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And none of this had anything to do with theater in any way, shape, or oh, form? no. Never did theater. I, again, I was born 
raised 20 bucks from Broadway and I never saw a play in my never life. Never saw a play. No, no, never. And well, where did this come from? <laughs> we have we have to blame it all on Saul Elkin. That's what we do. So, um, well, um, there's a lot of things yeah, we have to blame on Saul Elkin. But um, I had um, decided to leave the service. My uh, There was uh, some medical conditions with my ex-wife at the time and there were some other things going on and I knew I wouldn't get to use my I dropped out of school when I was 14, 15, excuse me, mm-hmm. and um, I knew I always wanted to go back. And so I got my basic diploma in the military, and I said, I'm going to go back to school someday and do this. And so I still had my GI Bill from Vietnam, and I said, this, I wanted to stay through my 20, but it just wasn't right. So I got out, and I got a great job in Boston at a naval air station. You know, I, I had uh, signed up to go to Boston College. And uh, about a week before I took on the job, I was getting a physical, and the captain from the base comes in and he goes, Brian, we got to talk. He goes, remember the president? who He just cut the entire uh, naval base support unit. So I had the job for about a month and it was uh, on paper. And then before I actually took it, it was cut. So uh, wow. I had moved my family up there. I had moved everything, started school. And, you know, and so um, I had realized <laughs> that um, uh, I had, you know, I was broke. You know, this is everything up, so what are we going to do? And Boston's not the place to live when you you don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I got a quick job at the um, at the at the uh, giant shipyard there. And uh, worked there for three, four months to try to figure out what I'm doing. Then, And Saul walked in the door and said... No, that's when I got to Buffalo. See, Buffalo... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, how did Buffalo... I, I, well, um, I knew that my uh, veterans' benefits were... Uh, Added on, what if I went to the, back to the state that I'm a citizen of, mm-hmm. uh, of from, and um, and I knew I would get extra benefits and a little extra help through uh, the uh, state if I went back to New York to go to school. So University of Buffalo, after searching a while, was the place to go. Oh. Uh, we had some family in the area, so we headed back to Buffalo, and I started a lot of small jobs. Uh, went bankrupt, um, <laughs> and. Um, uh, went to school at night at Millet Fillmore up at UB mm-hmm. and uh, worked as many, many jobs during the day and uh, went to, well, actually went to UB for film and media and uh, went through those classes very quickly because I, I loved it. You know, I, was in a, you know, I was in my middle 830s at the time you know, and uh, just loved being there. So most students didn't, I did, so... Um, just a, just a personal love of film yeah. and so on. Yeah, and, and I, you know, and I maybe you know, I can. Uh, I think after being out in the world for so long, you don't find these as hard, and you go through them pretty quick. So, mm-hmm. somebody said, "Well, you should try a theater class. It could help your writing. It could help your experience." And I went theater. You got to be kidding me! <laughs> you know those guys. I don't know theater. So, uh, somebody convinced me to. They needed a stage hand down in uh, the old Pfeiffer Theater, which is the town ballroom yes, now, yes. which belonged to UB. And said they need a stagehand for a show. Just go down, volunteer for a couple times. It might, you know, and you could use it for a credit, maybe whatever. I said, and uh, unfortunately, at the time, I was within about six months of being back in Buffalo. I was being divorced, so I had a lot of time in my hands. I so, see. <laughs> and uh, um, so I went down there, knocked on the back door. A couple of guys came. You got to help. Come in here and pull them. So I'm standing on stage, moving scaffold around stuff, and having no clue what I'm doing. And, and there was two gentlemen who were starring in it, uh, Brian Coatsworth. I know Brian and, very well. And uh, Saul Elkin. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. But Saul was one of the actors, and he started talking and talking. And we talked for four straight hours while they were teching the show and back and forth. And and uh, we got along great. No, I have no clue who his, what his name was. Yes. And uh, end of the night, he walks over, hands me his card. He goes, I want you to come see me tomorrow. I look at a card, and it says, you know, uh, 
chairman of theater and dance, University of Buffalo. And I'm like, okay. So two days later, I go up and see him. And that afternoon, I was working at UB as one of the tech hands for... Um, and you're in your 30s at this point. Yeah, probably 35, mm-hmm. 40, mm-hmm. in between there. I don't know. Um, and um, that's that. I haven't stopped doing theater in 30-something years now. So. But it's, it all started backstage, <laughs> banging on the door of the Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer the theater. old town ballroom. And I, and I hated the thought of doing this, walking in here, going, doing this. And uh, once I met Saul, and that summer... Right after I had met him and started working there, I started doing Shakespeare in a Park with him. And I was a, just a carpenter down there building this. I go, oh, I love this. I just love this. You know? And so wow. um, from that day on, I did 22 years with Shakespeare in a Park, building the set and running the park. You know, well, after Brian, where, where did you learn the skills? I mean, where did you Well, get, the Coast Guard I, is I, quite, quite... I mean, you... Okay, okay. You, you, you learned carpentry skills. You learned... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you learned how to use all sorts of tools and things, and you know, but I mean, you go from that to becoming one of the preeminent lighting designers, and then we'll we'll get to directing eventually. But for you to go from just being a, a grip, you yeah. know, a backstage hand to designing lights, how did that happen? Well, during that early period there, when I started working for UB, um, I I had. Uh, already got a um, associate's degree. I mean, within there, about a year and a half, I got an associate's degree, and I decided to, seeing I was working at UB, continue on with the bachelor's at UB, mm-hmm. and I decided to go for theater and um, and media. I think I split it with theater and uh, started taking some classes with uh, the folks up there and really, you know, being a boss mate in the Coast Guard, jack of all trades, you do everything. You know, mm-hmm. we sandblast lighthouses, build piers, we... Uh, take care of buoys, electricity, everything. So this kind of fell right into my alleyway, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somebody was working on a big show. It was Saul and Lynn Fermato were directing a show at UB called at the Pfeiffer before UB called uh, West Side Story. And um, that's a big show. And uh, I think Saul said, "Hey, would you have any interest in lighting this?" And I had not really taken any lighting classes yet, but I'm like, "Hey, that's painting a picture. I'd love to because I do paint." So. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first really big lighting show I did, and um, it came off great, and I loved it, and uh, took a few classes, and then uh, that became, and then I met... Classes specifically in lighting and te- tech? Not so much so in on, design. Because, because there's also, you, 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 know, you also know all of the uh, uh, the wiring and that sort of thing mm-hmm. that goes, and you know, I mean, I, yeah. I know a little bit about it myself only, but I'm like, like you were at the beginning, that's the way I've spent my whole theater career. I, I just absorbed, I was a sponge. In community theater, I would talk, why is that light there? Why, why mm-hmm. are you doing it this way? Oh, the 45 degree. They, oh, read the McCandless book. Do this. And I thought, oh, okay, th- that's how I absorbed things. But you actually took specific uh, uh, tech classes? Well, I didn't take too many design because I thought I could design in my head. I, I The colors and the thing were always yeah. a, pic- a picture to me. What I needed was a little background in dimmers and wiring and... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the Coast Guard... The electronics uh, of it. Electronics of it. And in the Coast Guard, you know, you work with some of the best mechanics, electronic guys in the world. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know we work on, you know, super sea buoys out in the middle of the ocean with NOAA and, and scientific people, and you watch, and you watch what they do over the years, and you hook up batteries and lighting. And, and you you're know, learning sometimes every step we, of the way. Sometimes we had to rebuild entire lighthouses with all the electrical and wiring in there. So I always had my hand in it, never the expert, but knowing how, you know, uh, 
Sorry, I, I want to get back to that in a second. But first, before I forget, I want to go back to you. You are an artist. I've been painting since I was a little kid. And really? I, um, I, I really... This I didn't know at all. I really didn't have... My dad left when I was really young. Um, my grandfather kind of brought me up. Uh, and he was an American Indian. He was about six foot four. He looks like the nickel. You know? <laughs> uh, he did. And, you know, and, uh, he looks like the nickel. And he, was, uh, he did a lot of jobs when he was a kid, too. He was a plumber and a maintenance guy and a longshoreman and a drummer and a... You know, when he was a little kid in New York City at like 18 and at 1900, he delivered ice with an ice wagon. He did everything. So I picked up a lot of that. My dad did A little that. bit of everything kind of from him. And then... Um, and then... Um, Are we talking oil paintings? Uh, when I started, I really just started with like pastel crayons and things like mm -hmm. that. And then I went on to um, uh, acrylics for a lot of years. And not till I got older did I go into oils. But, uh, you know, I don't do it as much as I'd like to now, but... Uh, and do you do it just for your own... Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. for yeah. your... I had a, you got things sitting around the house? Yeah. You know? I, I had a small show at the uh, Pfeiffer Theater one year, years ago. I had about... Seven or eight, ten paintings now. Well, now this is making sense to me. The the art of because I just I admire the crap out of out of lighting designers and and the things you guys do with colors. I mean, your son, as a matter of fact, Spring Awakening. I mm -hmm. went to see Spring Awakening, and I wrote to him, and I of course didn't get nominated. So I wrote to him and I said, oh, Chris, I just wanted to tell you those lights were terrific. And, and, and I tell you this from time to time yeah. too. I know I have. Because to me, there's something about that, the painting of that picture. And now it makes so much more sense to me. You see a lot of lighting guys now and even before, they, the technical is important, but to me, it's the painting of the final picture. Yes. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of designs out there that you know, you can't really see the face, and they're dark, and so you've got to be able to see that face. You know, you've got to be able to tell that story. You know, so, you know, I do my basics, my layouts, my my plots, my everything. But my favorite time is that last week when I can tweak and kick and put a little color here, a little background here, and stuff like that. And that's your painting picture. I'm painting. To me, it's a painting a picture. That's exactly yeah. right. Oh, yeah. that that. Fascinating. I said that forever. I said I'm I'm painting a picture. Yeah, like, yeah, but now I see where it comes from, from your own background of and your own desire to yeah. to be an artist, because yeah. that's what you are. You now you're being an artist with light. As a little kid, I got accepted into the um, high school of art and design in the city, and but just couldn't afford to do it, so we ended up going in service. <laughs> oh, jeez, uh, yeah. Isn't it strange how things happen? All right, so oh, let's wow. so go, so to go back. So now you're working at the Pfeiffer, and you're working with Saul, and you start taking some, you know, a few classes at, at UB. Um, and uh, one thing leads to another, and, and he says, Do you, would you like to light the show? Mm -hmm. This was uh, a West, West Side, Side Story. Story. Big, really one of the biggest UB had at that time. And mm -hmm. At the Pfeiffer? Uh, at the They're Pfeiffer, you know, it's like, if you remember Jeff Denman, who's now in New I York City, Jeff. and mm -hmm. on all those amazing dancers uh, that were at UB at that time, and um, uh, a lot of big names at that time who went on to different places. And uh, I learned a lot in that show about everything. Uh, wonderful costume designer at UB, um, um, Donna Massimo. Donna Massimo. Who sure. actually ended up doing the set for that show. See, this, um, is, why, this is why they asked me to do these podcasts. Because I said to them, don't you want somebody younger? They said, no, no, we want somebody who's been around. And so you can mention names like Donna Massimo yeah, and Jeff Denman. Yeah. And I'll go, mm-hmm, I know. Yeah, yeah, and if it was somebody young, they'd go, who? <laughs> yeah. No, anyway. she, she made this amazing set for that very difficult space. And I just thought, wow, I've got I've to do this justice, you know. So, mm -hmm. and... and um, 
I ended up running the Pfeiffer for many, for many years with that and after that for UB. So I was not only a student there working with whatever, and then I was the... Um, in charge of the Pfeiffer Theater for UB for years. Were you like the technical director there yep, for yep, everything? Yep. And then were you also that for Shakespeare through in the, in in the, the park? Su- in the summers, yeah. When, back when it, when UB was still sponsoring it and when it was mm-hmm. a UB project, really. Yeah, all the stage and stuff was kept at a, at a yard up at UB uh, North Campus, and we used to truck it down with UB facilities people and stuff. That's when it was all a wooden octagon stage when mm-hmm. I started. And mm-hmm. uh, I started it there in 85, and so... Uh, Again, I started as a carpenter the first year, then went on to running sound and lights with people for years, and then assistant technical director, then six or seven years into it, then uh, other people retired, I became the technical director. So I kind of built it, ran it, and sat in that park for 16 weeks a year, <laughs> for a lot of years. <laughs> then, then, lot I, of years. then I finally left, and then I actually went back for two two seasons and directed mm-hmm. at Shakespeare, yes. which was quite a thrill for me, I yeah. mean, to, to be back in the park. After I was in one of those shows. I know you were. And building that stage after all that years, and then come back to be able to direct on it was, you know, that's the. I, now I assume, and you'll have to correct me on this, but I assume that once people, that you branched out to other theaters, uh, uh, the Cavanoki, the Irish, uh, so on, because people saw your work or or, or contacted you and said, you know, we're we're doing, because you were for many years you did exclusively lights at Irish, or you're still doing lights exclusively at the Cav. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did those begin? If you can well, remember, I don't... I, you know, when I started doing lighting and I started meeting all the theater people, again, as most people in theater will remember, a bar named Flynn's that was downtown. Of course. And I ended up... I remember the Omega Inn. Oh, that's before me. See, so. that, that's, that's how old I am. There was, it's where yeah. the convention center is now. Mm-hmm. There was a bar there mm-hmm. called Murphy's Omega Inn. Oh, I've heard of Murphy's, yes. Okay. Murphy's Omega, Omega Inn, Inn, and it was torn down to build a... And now they want to tear down the... Anyway, yeah, I'm sorry, absolutely. I'm off on a tangent. But um, anyway, you, you, know, were, you were at I, Flynn's. Once I started doing Shakespeare and started doing other shows, uh, you know, it's a small world in theater around town, and uh, people said, hey, you want to come work on this, come work on that? Again, I was divorced by then. I had a lot of time. My son was very short, young at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and also up at UB, I met this character. His oh. name was Chris O'Neill. Oh, that guy. And uh, he was doing some <laughs> classes up there and around town. He was from Dublin. Yeah. And uh, one night, we were having a drink probably, and uh, at Flint's probably. Probably. And he said, you know, I do these one-man shows around Buffalo. And around Rochester, Western New York, uh, have any idea of maybe come and put a few lights up for me, whatever. And I went, and he was so intriguing. One of the most fascinating fascinating guys. people I've ever known in my life, you know. And he goes, and I went, I'll, yes, you know. <laughs> and as I've said it before, you know, right after that, he'd set up something in uh, Rochester and he'd be doing B&B Hand or a one-man you know, oh, being being yes, I remember being, that. Uh, do a one man, you know, uh, Godot show for mm-hmm. just readings, and, and he goes, "Well, do you you got a van?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, c- could you come pick us up? I have some small set pieces and <laughs> and, and props." Can, and so you know, three in the morning, I'm you know whatever going <laughs> to pick him up, and then oh, we we got to go pick up the stage manager, and we have to go, you know, <laughs> and so you know we'd be doing an afternoon show somewhere in Rochester, and I'd have my van, little Aerostar van, you know. With, so you're a, you're a grip, you're a lighting yeah, designer, yeah, and now you're a your yeah, chauffeur, and, and, and I'd go pick up my. <laughs> wonderful friend who you, I'm sure you know, Lucy Orlando, who works at Shays now. Name, yeah. She was the uh, stage manager for him back then. And then, you know, and then, you know, he'd sleep all the way there and sleep all the way back. And then, you know. <laughs> but a uh, great experience for me because, you know, I got to see an absolute genius work. He was just, you know, he, he, he was, he was one of a kind, yes. you know, and then, uh, of course, that hooked me into him for several years. And then 
they started talking about making an Irish classical show. Mm-hmm. I mean, company. Theater. Company. This and, is over the Calumet, where it used to be in the, right. in the Calumet building. Yep. And even before that, they did some shows around town. In the and Continental that, basement of the Continental? Were you from there for that? No. You no, were not. But my big one started with... I have a with, feeling, and I didn't see that. They were doing Godot. Godot was it the was one the first I, time they came to town. That was, I have a feeling they did it with, you know, like flashlights. I, the one they did, did like Godot was, at the airport... End or something mm-hmm. before I got a hold of them, but a couple of years later they wanted to do do a big good deal with Saul Elkin and Richard Humbert and yes, Jerry Finnegan that. Yes. and uh, and Chris O'Neill and his brother Vincent came over and to direct it, and that's when it kind of started started talking about coming together about making theater, and, you yeah. know, and uh, I was with that from the beginning, you know. So so over on over in the Calumet build, yeah, building yeah, first, and then over to the new place on Main mm-hmm. Street. Yeah, I was with the Irish class for twenty nine years. Holy you know? cow! Uh, and you know, on and off early, being the TD or the lighting, whatever, but then permanently with them for mm-hmm. so many years. In the cab, how'd that come around? Probably because the cab also was. They were also connected to the cab and Oakey, Yeah, the yeah, brothers. absolutely. I mean, Chris O'Neill did some shows there, and I was over there with him before I was actually designing for there. And then you know, uh, David Lamb, I had met earlier years, and then. Uh, their designer uh, was it Ken? Uh, no, actually, it's a uh, Noak. No, the one I met was um, um, oh my goodness, oh, what's his name? Um, I I'll think it was of Joe it. Shooter, Jim Hannon, Ken Noak. Uh, he was an electrician or something. Uh, Harry Manders. Oh, Harry. Okay. Harry Manders uh, started getting the big gig at UB and was in Sheriff Gun Stadium. So I came in and did a few one year, and then uh, came on permanently. I think this is my. Oh, I think it's 26 years at the cab. 26 years. You know, and then... Every show. Maybe one where I was out of town for something, but basically every show. I mean, I like the Irish for 29 years. I mean, every show. except for maybe a few, every single show I've I've designed mm-hmm. and built a lot of the sets, too. Anywhere else? I know the JRT. Oh, well, when I first was going, you know, I mean, most people do one or two shows a year. In those first bunch of years in the uh, late 80s, I was doing 30 to 40 shows a year. I remember saying to you when I was watching you up on the scaffolding or something and saying, why are you doing this between 4 and 5, 7 a.m.? And and it's because you had had to go over and do the show at the the Irish, or you had to go do a show out at UB or or something. And lighting is always the last thing to go in, so I'm always waiting for rehearsal to end or the set people to build or somebody (laughs) to paint. So, you know, it became midnight to 7 a.m. the video to be completed. Exactly. So, uh, (laughs) you know, in early years, I worked for everyone in town, you know, everybody, everybody. you know, uh, BET, uh, BET, BUA, uh, McCullen Company, uh, uh, Freefall. I used to do Freefall. Yes, I used to do several dance companies. I did, and, and while I was at UB, I did many did Zodiac. Zodiac. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of Zodiacs. I did. Um, I can't. You know, Kathy Scorer's dance company. I. 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 I it's just a, a long, long list of shows. What's did. What's the theater? What theater is the easiest to light? Okay, let's 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 go backwards. Which one's the worst? Not the worst, but the most difficult. Is it the JRT because of the low ceiling? We've well, we're going that. over the years. So some of these co- companies don't even exist anymore. Right. So um, uh, I think it was the old Franklin building, the V. The one upstairs? Yeah. And that used to have like nine lights. Nine and, lights and, 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 and a low ceiling. Low ceiling. And I did a show there with the, the back in the days when it was Gary Fisher, yeah. Dawson, and... Uh, and when dear old Tim White was around, Tim White was part. He was the main one who got me into that, mm-hmm. and I did a lot of shows over there. And those what, are tough. Those are ridiculously low ceiling, and you know, and nine, nine, ten nine, lights. So nine front elves and one year and one they were doing Lico. doing a show called Bent, which was one of I my, that. and it was uh, about Nazi concentration yes. camp and all. And um, 
And I said, I got to change the look of this whole theater. And like with 10 lights, I think it was one of my best shows ever with like 10 lights because we just really worked hard to make it. Make it There's work. something rewarding about oh, it doing is. it with you, yeah. you know with pickup sticks, and that's all you've got to. to well, to you know, many people have said to me before that I should write a book about small theater lighting because mm-hmm. I've done, I mean, I've done garages. I've done, you know when Toy first started over in the old garage, that was difficult and it was freezing because it was always so cold. <laughs> and you know, um, theater oh, youth. I, I did about the, Toy. You did Toy too, and that in that giant barn of an Allendale well, theater. Well, I did Toy. A lot of shows in the early years, the like ones. Match Girl and, and uh, you know, a bunch of early... Then I got away from them for a while, and then when they were opening the Allendale, they gave me a call, and I came back in and helped design that grid and lighting, and I worked there for three or four or five years before I moved on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Did a lot, a lot of years with toy. There, there is a page and a half of companies that I've worked with in Buffalo we, or, in, or in Rochester or other places, and Jiva and things. Well, you're not going to believe this, but we've already been talking for 25 minutes. Wow. I know. And I, so I need to get to directing. Sure. How, how does that happen? It, it, I'm sure my feeling is that, you know, you're, you're watching shows, you're, you're, you're designing shows, you're reading scripts, you're saying to yourself, I, I have a, an instinct about this. I, I, I think I can do something with this. Is that how you get, get to directing? I think I always thought with the background and being somebody who kind of lived out in the world for a long, long time and on my own since I was a kid, that I had a really good handle on people in life. You know, that was just my... On dealing pe- with people. People. Yeah. And then after so many years of working with probably some of the best directors ever, even Buffalo has some of the most talented people ever, watching Saul, watching Chris O'Neill, watching, you know, other directors. That sh- I mean, I've done a lot of and you, outside work at, at Shays and at Studio, watching other directors. And, and of uh, course, you work cl- as a lighting designer. Absolutely. You work closely yeah, with them, not yeah. only in the original design mm-hmm. and, and the discussion about it, but then in, well, I'm going to bring the lights down here. No, I would rather yeah. have them up. Why that? Right. And then you explain right. why. And in it, Well, and, and then working Shakespeare. I mean, we had a lot of uh, international directors come in, a lot of international actors come in over the years, and I... No, I just sucked it up like a sponge going, oh, that's how you, oh, that's a smart thing. You know, put that in the memory bank. I have a great memory. I may remember names, but I never forget a face. (laughs) But, and then um, I did a couple of small directions. Even when I, I ended up staying on at UB and doing a master's degree in English and theater. Mm. Uh, I was going to leave, and then I was teaching classes, undergraduate classes at that time, and I had finished my undergraduate and thinking I was. What were you teaching classes in? Uh, in technical technical theater, theater. Yeah. okay, and then um, and then uh, basic basic theater uh, arts and um, and then so you were taking classes while you were teaching classes. Well, you were well, taking master's things. I, I I did my whole undergrad at UB. So right. while I was doing everything else, I was still doing classes. Mm-hmm. And then I got my undergraduate, uh, my bachelor's. Sorry, and uh, I was thinking about leaving the school, but still working there. But I also had a couple of offers for jobs in Florida, a couple of other places. Thinking. Maybe it should expand out. I did leave for about two months and came back because I just didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and a very wonderful, longtime friend of mine, Neil Garvey, mm-hmm. who is gone now, but Sweet said man. to me one year, he gave Truth. me a card when he came back. He goes, hey, idiot, do you ever think this is where you're supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> and I have that on my desk and it will never leave there. <laughs> so uh, I came back and then um, uh, decided with the help of Saul and a wonderful woman, Anna K. France, up at UB. Uh, they helped me put yes, together a personalized master's degree. So I did it in English with a minor in, uh, in technical theater. 
I had written a play years ago called Wrinkles. Uh, I offered them as my master's thesis, which I rewrote and then produced for two weeks in, at the Pfeiffer, and then I designed it. I did the lights, I did the sound, I did the, everything with my son, who was about, I don't know, 15 by then, and oh. they ran all the sound, did all the stuff, and, and put on a major show for two weeks at UB, and rewrote it, sold the concessions, and, mm-hmm. and that became my... I, I kind of, for two years, doing my master's work, were working on my thesis all along. So, um, And it's very funny, because John Profeta, a local actor mm-hmm. who was a... A student at UB at the time starred in Wrinkles 30 years ago oh my God. or 25 years ago, something like that. All so, these uh, connections. But directing, you know, uh, I, did a, I did one at UB. I did a couple of small things outside. And, um, and then um, I can't really remember. I think probably 12 Angry Men at the Cabinet. It was the first one I was, I was the director. I wasn't just helping out or being. And um, I loved the movie. I, lo- I saw the play a few times, and I thought, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, once I did that... You have to say to yourself, yeah, I, I've got a vision for this. I can see how to do this. You know, I think I've got an up on some people because when I see a show, I see it... Visually. I've already seen the lighting. I already see the set. I already see what I want. Because uh, a lot of other designers who work with me now as a director go, will you not let me do my job? I go, but it's what I've seen for six months. Yes. I, I don't see it as a director only. Yes. I see it as all the other aspects. And then I go... Oh, we can do this and do that. So that really energizes me for the show. Yeah. And then I did Twelve Angry Men and uh, thought, oh boy, do I like this? But with doing so many other things, it finds time to, hard to find the time. But and directing is really directing all is consuming. Oh, and so, God. but then I've got several opportunities. The Irish Glassell to do. Uh, I did Lion in Winter. I did uh, you know. Uh, American Buffalo, Night Alive. Frost uh, Nixon. Frost Nixon, uh, and there's another one in Is there. Is there a show in your bucket list for, that you'd like to direct? I actually... Because I remember you saying that, that Frost Nixon was something yeah, that you had... Yeah, I, I, I had approached the, uh, the bosses about that, and they weren't too keen at first, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought in this... Atmosphere we live in now, you couldn't have gotten a better show. And, so, is there uh, something else that did? Uh, I have, I have a, I have a page in a book full of shows really? I would love, love to do. You know, mm-hmm. there's, uh, I've made some proposals to different companies. You know, well, and and I, I, I wrote another play last year. It's called uh, The Barons of Mulberry Street, and I'm itching. Mulberry Street in New York City. Oh yeah, and it's oh, really a. My, my brother passed away from cancer this past year, and oh, it's sorry. he's my little brother, and uh, and he. Um, so I actually wrote, started writing this when he got cancer about four years ago, and it's about uh, two brothers on the street of New York City in the Depression. I said it back there, but it's really him and I, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all about that. And uh, it's what finished, and I'm hopefully going to have a reading soon and really want to put it on somewhere and direct it. So a great uh, tribute. That, yeah, yeah, and it's a, uh, you know, I've had it read a few times. A couple of people have read it thinking, oh, yeah, this has got potential. So I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, as I said before, there's so many, you're so well liked. It's really annoying oh. that somebody, I'm sure, will will want to take a chance on this new young writer. <laughs> and uh, what else? What, so, what else are you doing? We're you know we're way over time, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to cut out all the bullshit that yeah, I was talking about. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, so, what are you doing now? You, you're Kavanoki, uh, uh, Jewish have... rep. Uh, yeah, Jewish you, repertory. Last summer, you did the the big the the tall ships that came in. You were in charge of that. Yeah, I was the operations manager for the tall ships this year. I mean, I get a lot of calls. I have uh, I've uh, left the Irish classical after twenty nine years. Now I'm doing a lot of independent stuff, which gave me the opportunity to do the tall ships. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing some um, event planning, things like that. Um, I still am the 
resident lighting designer for the Cavanoke, which mm-hmm. is, yes. again, 26 years. Uh, I have done just about every show the Jewish Repertory has done since they opened with my mentor and mm-hmm. wonderful friend, Saul Elkin. Uh, so that's about 10, 12 years, 15 years now with them. Uh, just, I just did a show. So you're keeping busy. Oh, my goodness. It seems like I <laughs> would really have a lot of time, but I don't. Yeah, and right now I have the Cavanoke going, which opens uh, this week with yeah. uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. So, uh, and... Um, do you have any future plans? You'd like to get your, your play done? You'd I'd love like, to get like the play done. I, I, I am directing the last show at the Kavanaugh this year with yes. uh, The Mystery of Irma, Irma Vep, Vep. which yep. is a satire comedy, which I, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I, I have written a lot. Well, you got some dog actors in there. Oh, my goodness. Ocean. Brian Miss Livy and uh, Norm Shaw. What are you going to uh, do? You're going to uh, have to drag it out of them. You know, I, I really was. They have no sense of humor, <laughs> those two. I actually told them both, I'm only doing this if you two promise you won't laugh for four hours every rehearsal. So, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. I can't imagine having any more fun in a rehearsal with them with those two guys. So Th- That will be the hard part, is keeping it. <laughs> guys, we do have some work to do <laughs> to here. Do, to I do. would like to accomplish these couple of pages, well, if they you have, don't mind. And they have to change clothes like 42 times in this place. So it's, uh, <gasps> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a busy show um, <laughs> um, I'd like to find some time to get back into writing I've written maybe eight to ten screenplays over the years really and uh, had one at Warner Brothers like 25 years ago you are really a renaissance so, man um, I, I have several several um, screenplays or plays in the works in my drawer at home that I'd like to work on one I just finished called the um and it's really out of my limit, but it's called the um, it's called uh, Dead Center, and it's actually a uh, it's a vampire movie. <laughs> Holy cow! So uh, uh, and then another one called well, the, those will never be out of style. So those yeah. Another one called The Rockaway, which is about uh, a ghost ghost story about a Coast Guard ship that we towed down to Virginia when I was in service, and it's kind of it's really interesting. It all so, goes back to the Coast Guard. You know, it changed my life, you know, sure. and I, uh, you know, I, I loved my time in there. Those guys are amazing. It's, it's a, I think they never get the credit that they do, but they work every single day. I'm sure, they know. do. Well, Brian, this has been fascinating, and and I learned so much. Um, I don't know if anybody else is ever going to learn so much because I, I just feel like I've been living in a cave and didn't know about most of these. Well, things. I don't know if anybody's actually interested, but you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I, see. I knew it would be interesting to talk to you, and and. Uh, but I didn't realize it was going to have this many turns and, you know, and... Oh, my God, the stories that I can tell. Uh-huh. So everybody, just, in fact, I just did a... We're going to do our, our After Dark uh, version of this. Uh, welcome to uh, Off-Road and After Dark. I did that for Menke at a campsite one time. So. <laughs> oh, Menke. Yeah, we could have yeah. talked about him, oh, too. That could have been a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks so much for coming and talking to me uh, on, uh, on Off-Road, Road Less Traveled Podcast. So there you go. Uh, Brian Kavanaugh, fascinating guy. Hope you enjoyed it. This is our first of our uh, Road Less Traveled podcasts. And while I'm at it, get out and check out Interrogation Room by John Elston, which is running at the Road Less Traveled Theater at 456 Main Street through November 28th. Call for tickets, 629-3069, or go to roadlesstraveledproductions.org and get on over and check out this John Elston play starring uh, Nick Stevens, Matt Witten, who, by the way, I'll have a podcast coming up with uh, Matt pretty soon. And don't forget that Road Less Traveled has valet parking. You can get valet parking. Just pull up to the Hilton Garden Inn and show them your ticket and your proof of purchase. They'll park your car for you for free. How can you go wrong? Mm-hmm.